Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. Listen today as we show you how to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. I was made to love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cassandra Perkins on Behind the Mask. And today we are covering a topic that is near and dear to my heart. That is something that really started this all for me, which is mental illness. That's really where my story began when I was going through middle school and feeling very, very depressed and and, um, actually attempted suicide and uh, thought that there was no hope for me, that I was alone and that there was no one else who felt like this. And it was just easier to uh, end it all for me. And that's the way that I felt. That's how it all started for me. And uh, as I was uh, pulled out of the the school system and homed by... uh, homeschooled by my family and, and surrounded with love and, uh, you know, support from them. And, and I found myself again. I found who I was all over again. And, and to realize that I'm not the only person out there who's feeling the exact same way that I felt at that moment. Like there was no light, no nothing. There was complete darkness in my life. So to be able to flip that around and see that there are other people out there experiencing this and going through this as well, it helped me realize and find my passion for life, which is to help people who are feeling the same way that I'm do, I do so they don't have to feel suicidal they don't have to feel like there's no hope for a, a better tomorrow and that we can get together and help support these people which is why I love so much what my guest is about today and everything that he stands for and everything that this organization stands for so to, let me tell you a little bit about my guest and also the organization that he is the executive director for let me tell you a little bit about him first and then we'll talk about NAMI Scott Glazer is the executive director for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, Colorado. Scott has a bachelor's degree in international business from Wartenberg College, Waverly, Iowa, and master's degree in human development and leadership from Murray State University, Murray, Kentucky. Scott has been working in the nonprofit field in Colorado for over 20 years, beginning with the Urban Servant Corps in Denver. Scott began work with NAMI in June of 2012 and brings emphasis emphasis to affiliate development, uh, volunteer leadership coaching program uh, development and advocacy. And he is truly doing all of those things and representing all these things. Uh, NAMI, NAMI Colorado is so incredible. Let me tell you a little bit about what they do and what they really stand for. It is dedicated to building better lives for the 200, listen to this number, guys, this statistic, 250,000 plus people, Coloradans, that's just here in Colorado, and their families who are affected by a number of different mental illnesses, and we'll be covering these mental illnesses today, you know, all the way from schizophrenia to bipolar disorder, depression, PTSD, uh, OCD, all of these different things, and this is things that affect people on a daily basis. A mental illness is a condition that impacts a person's thinking, feeling or mood and may affect his or her ability to relate to others and function on a daily basis. And that's truly how I felt going through this is I had no reason to get out of bed. I had no willingness to get out of bed. And I remember just laying in bed some days and 
physically not being able to get out of bed, physically not being able to move a muscle and just wanting to lay there all day long and forget about the world. So to be able to take this and find others and have support around you is something so amazing, which is why I love to see people involved with amazing organizations like this. Scott, thank you so much for being here today. I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And to be able to talk about something that you're passionate about and something that's so incredible and close to your heart is is, is a beautiful thing. You know, uh, I know that you were involved with so many nonprofits, but why is this something that really truly tru really spoke to your heart? You know, why did this reach out to you and really speak to your heart? Well, because your story is not unique. Uh, we, I've known many people that yeah. have gone through situations just like you and a lot of people that have gone through it that we don't know about. And what we need to do is be able to raise some awareness, make people aware that you're not alone. And what you experienced is, is more common than you think. One in yeah. five people uh, are affected by a mental illness. Uh, so look around the room that you're in and you can see how common it may be. Wow. You know, I remember in middle school when I was going through this time, Scott, in my life, I remember being so alone and feeling so alone. And the only person I really had to truly relate to was my counselor because she was just able to listen to me and love me, love to me and talk, talk to me and just open up and let me open up to her. And that was what was so beautiful about this. And we actually started a group in the school to be able to have people with mental illnesses and, and these conditions come and just to relate to people and talk to people and love each other. And we started out with four kids and now I think it's up to almost 200 kids, which is like almost the entire school, which is so beautiful. But it's such a sad thing because that's how many kids are going through this and how many people go through this on a daily basis. But it's so cool to see that support where there's a group where you can support. That's what this is about is finding support and knowing that there are people out there who want to support you and love you. So let's talk a little bit about what are the warning signs? You know, we first before we can even, you know, do this, we in, in talk, talk about this and clarify this, we need to know what the warning signs of a mental health condition is in the first place. So what are they? Well, there's a number of different things to look for. Uh, the things that you've described, being sad, feeling depressed, uh, it's okay for to, be able to, to feel sad and depressed. Yeah. Uh, if you've done bad on a test, you may feel sad. If something bad has happened in your life, you may feel a depression feeling. But some of those are just feelings. If they persist for more than two weeks or longer, it may be the sign that something more serious is going on. And that's the type of thing to look for, and especially in your in the, in the school system, uh, not just your counselor, but young people. We're trying to encourage them to look for some of these signs. If you're seeing a, one of your friends taking out of control risk, you know, risky behavior, that may be a sign that, that something is going on. Uh, if you uh, are seeing people that are using drugs or alcohol repeatedly, that's sometimes a co-occurring condition, and there may be something underlying that's a mental health condition. Uh, if you see some severe mood swings consistent severe mood swings, that may be a sign uh, that there may be something going on. If you are seeing somebody that's not eating the same way, if, you've, uh, you know, if you're changing your diet, changing your eating habits, or not eating at all, some of those are symptoms that there may be an illness. And if you're trying to do harm to yourself or trying to do harm to others, uh, sometimes that's a sign that there's an illness as well. Uh, so there's a, those are just a couple of the things that you can look for. Uh, some of those things are, are normal in short doses, but if you see them persisting over a long period of time, it may be time to start seeking help.
Absolutely. And I think that you, the way you point out that it's okay to feel sad is something that I tell people constantly because we're only human. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to feel down sometimes. But when it becomes a persistent thing where you're constantly dealing with this and you're constantly in pain and constantly feeling worthless, then that's when you need to reach out and start getting help and, and really realize that there may be something underlying here and something bigger than just feeling sad. And I love that you point that out. And, and thank you for pointing that out because I think uh, we live in such a, a perfect society where everything looks looks so great and everything looks so, you know, TV looks so, you know, sheltered and everyone looks so happy and that when we start to feel sad or when something doesn't exactly go our way, then we think that there's just this whole spiral downhill, but it's okay to feel like that sometimes. We're only human. But when it becomes something bigger, again, you need to reach out and have help. So let's talk about, and we can get in this into detail about this a little bit later in the show. I just want to throw these things out there so you guys listening can kind of stay tuned for what some of the things we're going to be talking about is. But let's kind of throw out there, what are some different illnesses that are out there that are considered mental health conditions? There's a lot of illnesses that you hear about, uh, some of which have some misconceptions with them. Uh, people talk about bipolar condition. That's one that's uh, very, very common. Depression, not just feeling sad, but severe depression, yeah. uh, very common. Uh, schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So those are some of the more common uh, mental illnesses that people will experience or see in their lifetime. Yeah, and to be able to, you know, acknowledge those and, and be able to bring those to attention is something that uh, the society doesn't do a lot. It just kind of pushed under the rug a little bit. It's not really talked about. It's not a lot really brought up about a lot. And that's something that I love doing is bringing up those things and coming out from behind the mask, uh, per se, and coming out behind this mask of society and talking about these things. Because like you said, you know, what is the statistic? One in five people are dealing with this? Exactly. So why wouldn't we talk about this if one in five people in the room are dealing with this. I mean, there's five people in here right now and one of us could be dealing with that. You know what I mean? So why not have this discussion? Why not bring this out and have this discussion with people? Um, what is considered uh, what is considered a serious mental illness? I mean, where does the line get drawn between feeling sad and feeling like I really need to get help? What is considered a serious mental well, illness? Well, when we talk about a severe or persistent mental illness, we're talking about something that affects one in 17 people, which is an illness illness that significantly inhibits the ability for somebody to function uh, with their in their daily lives. It may be uh, mood issues that keep somebody from being able to relate to, to other individuals on a, on a level. It may be a psychosis that helps uh, somebody, uh, that inhibits somebody from being able to uh, express themselves. Uh, it affects their ability to do their job. It affects their ability to take care of daily functions. So that's the difference between one in five and one in 17 is that the severe or persistent one is very debilitating. And uh, not to say that all the other ones are not because they all affect your life. But there's that, the, your gray line there is that goes from, you know, just negatively affecting your daily life to severely inhibiting your ability to function in daily life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that uh, these things can really take control of your life. And that's what's so scary about it is, uh, you know, I have Wayne Cannell sitting next to me, and he uh, actually interviewed me not long ago. And he was talking about and interviewed me about how even though I'm able to sit here and talk on a, a microphone and be able to sit here and have a conversation and talk to literally any adult, if you stick me in a room full of teenagers or stick me somewhere where I'm not comfortable, I become the most introverted, social anxiety driven person that you'll ever meet. 
paint, yet I can sit here and, and talk on a microphone and get up on a stage and talk all day long in front of hundreds of thousands of people. But if you stick me in a room full of, of teenagers, I'm going to I'm gonna start to shy and be shy and get anxiety. And it's crazy how those things can kind of control your life and make you think that you know, this is really happening and, and all of that. Well, let me kind of delineate some of your experience. Everybody gets a chance to feel anxious. Yeah. And that whole introvert extrovert thing is uh, really going to be described by your Myers Briggs personality as well. But it's a, when you feel anxious about something, it may be apprehension about a situation. And that's normal. That's, yeah. that's constant. But if you find uh, anxiety levels at a severe level, you know, creating the heart attack symptoms or an irrational fear of something, that may be a sign that you may need some, some help or treatment. Um, you know, I'm anxious just sitting in a room with four people, five people talking on a microphone. Yeah. But you'd expect that. Uh, that that's common. That's normal. Getting into a group of people, that's common also. The three things people fear most in life, uh, you know, death, public speaking, and asking for money. If you're doing any of those things, you're very you know, so many other people are experiencing the same right. thing. And it's not always in that order, too. You're looking around the room. <laughs> and, uh, actually, people fear death uh, less than they fear asking for money and speaking in public. So. Wow. Uh, and then spiders and snakes come in there someplace after that. Yeah, I mean, but it's okay to, to feel that yeah. to feel that anxiousness because that's only human to yes. feel that. And that's only human, human to get into a, a group where you don't know. And something that I talk about a lot is change. And when you have change in your life, you're going to feel anxious. You know, when you're in a situation that you're not familiar with, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel anxiety. You're going to feel these things. But that's okay. That's okay to feel that way. But I think really what I want to break it down to is what really causes this mental illness inside of us to, to happen? I mean, what causes this and sets this off? Well, there's a couple different uh, things that cause or uh, you know, contribute to a mental illness. Some of it's biologically based. Uh, sometimes it's, it's hereditary. You're born with a condition that makes your brain uh, either produce or not produce certain chemicals that create the condition that you live with. Uh, in some cases, you can experience something external that changes the function of the brain so that you're having something that gets in your way. So like, for example, schizophrenia uh, is something that uh, is, is, is more biologically and genetically based. And that will be something that you perhaps are born with or that uh, comes along as you mature. But something like a post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, that is when the brain functions differently because of something that has happened to it. Mm -hmm. Some phobias can possibly be that way. I know people that are afraid of dogs and you know, being right. you know afraid attacked of dogs by a dog. yeah either attacked by a dog or for whatever reason uh, have an irrational fear now of dogs that is uh, you know to have a, a healthy fear of a, of a large canine is is appropriate but when you're afraid to go outside because you think that the phantom dog may be out there that may be a sign that there might be something more severe so there's a delineation between oh I'm afraid about this situation and oh my gosh now it's my fear is my paralyzing me right. controlling my life uh, is uh, is taking over the normal functions in my life and that's when uh, you get you should start seeking some help from trained professionals Wow, absolutely. And and notice that and be able to to talk about that. Scott, we're going to have to take a break, but when we return, I want to get into more detail about what these things are that we're going through. What is happening to us? You know, what these conditions are and really get into detail about them. And then later in the show, we're going to be covering how you can get support and where you can find help. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Scott Glazer. Stay tuned. Hi, 
Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And this is Mark Mara with Champion of Choices. Major depression affects more than 120 million people around the world. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death with students ages 10 through 24. Like my good friend Mark says, happiness is the key to success, and we all have that choice to make in life. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so reach out to those around you and be the voice. We become who we surround ourselves with. Your friends, they're like elevators. They're either going to take you up or they're going to take you down. Find out more information at thinkpods, that's P-O-Z dot org, thinkpods dot org. You can use the Bible as a blessing or a curse. Trace Embry says with your kids, the blessing is better. On Licensed to Parent. There are many mistakes we can make to drive our kids away from God and His Word. But one of the most toxic things we can do is to use scripture reading or writing as a punishment. Perhaps you've heard a parent say, Because you didn't get the garbage out on time, Junior, give me Proverbs 19.24 100 times. When kids relate scripture to punishment, appetites for God and His Word likely diminish. But what if we use Scripture to avoid a consequence or punishment, like when we take away our kids' cell phone privileges, for example? Giving Junior the option to paraphrase some pertinent Bible passages in lieu of losing cell phone privileges makes Scripture his Savior rather than his executioner. Trace Embry is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, transforming the lives of teens in crisis. Learn more at licensedtoparent.org. Hey, sweetie, what's going on? Well, honey, I, uh, I have some news. Uh, okay, what? <laughs> All that training paid off. I got the job. Oh, I knew you would get it. So when do you start? When you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're listening to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins on 810-KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am joined here in studio with Scott Glazer. He's an incredible, incredible guy doing amazing things and helping people and bringing awareness and having the conversation about mental illnesses and bringing the conversation out there. He's here with NAMI Colorado, and we've been talking to him the last break really about what mental illnesses are. You know, what does it mean to have a mental illness? What are the different mental illnesses there are? And that's really what I want to discuss now and get into detail. So if you're listening and you're hearing this and you are experiencing, you know, severe depression over a long period of time or you are feeling anxious in, in certain situations and it's controlling your life and when you go out, that you can look at these things and, and, and say, maybe I do have this, maybe I do need to go get some help with this. That's why I really want to break this down, uh, because this can really relate to maybe you listening right now. So I want to welcome back Scott. Thanks so much for being in studio with me. Good to be here. Absolutely. So you're talking about uh, depression, bipolar, some of those diagnoses. Um, again, I want to delineate that there's a difference between feeling depressed and being depressed. Uh, a feeling of depression can come from being very sad about something happening, but if you have a depressed feeling for two weeks or longer, it may be a, a sign of something different. And that depression can feel like uh, like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You can actually feel heavy in your body. You can feel uh, like you're not enjoying anything. Sometimes you can feel it in your face where, you're, where the face is weighted down. You may not want to get out of bed. You may right. not want to face the world. All of these sorts of symptoms. And it's 
it's not just because you're a, you know, a high school student wanting to get up and not wanting to take a test. It's something more severe and more heavy, and it's persistent. And the same is true of other mood disorders, uh, using like bipolar as an example. Uh, those depressive, depressive symptoms are there for bipolar, but what the symptom of this mood disorder is is that there's another pole, another side, right. and that's the manic side or the mania, which is a very elevated move where people are very excited, very risk-taking, very energetic, uh, very noticeable about how fast they're moving, how energetic they are, and it's not sustainable. People that are experiencing this level of mania uh, sometimes never want to come down from it because they feel uh just indestructible. They can get away with and do anything, and it's a great feeling. But the consequence is that there's going to be a, a subsequent crash at some point as you move from one pole to the other. Mm. And uh, the recklessness that comes with the mania, mania state uh, can affect your life also. You may be finding yourself spending a lot of money that you didn't you know, don't actually have, or going on a gambling binge, or taking risks to yourself or others that can cause harm. Uh, and people that are experiencing these symptoms would much rather have a balance in their life rather than feeling those two extremes right. because they can they can really, really cause a lot of pain and suffering for, for a person. And it takes a lot to, to manage uh, the illness. It, can, it may require medication. It may require talk therapy. It may require uh, any of a number of different treatments. But there is hope, and you can get help for these. Absolutely. And to be able to reach out and get that help is what's so important. But to also identify that this is what I may be going through is that first step, I believe. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into some of these things and really talk about them uh, one by one. So first, starting with, uh, because this is a topic that we talked about uh, just before the break, anxiety is a huge thing that it goes on in everybody's life, that everybody's dealing with some sort of anxiety one way or another. Uh, and you know, this may be something because of a traumatic thing that just happened or something that you have to do that is not necessarily in your comfort zone. But also anxiety can be to the point where it is controlling your life and you're not able to do the things that you want to do. Uh, so what is anxiety? Okay, let's delineate between anxious and anxiety. Okay. It's okay to be anxious or anticipatory for things. That's a normal function. Anxiety uh, can manifest itself with uh, the sweaty palms or the feeling cold or the cold sweats or the involuntary shaking or the feeling like you're having a heart attack. Uh, some people are, we use the term panic attack that goes along with that. And that's a severe acute symptom uh, that comes along with severe anxiety. And that may require uh, some, some additional look at to see if it's uh, something that's uh, beyond the norm. So that's what you'll see with severe anxiety. And you find anxiety and depression sometimes tie together, that they're often co-occurring, that somebody is not only feeling anxious about things, uh, they're feeling anxious about the fact that they're also feeling depression. And the two play off of each other. And it, it, it can be very, very painful to experience. Uh, now, when you're talking about other, uh, so you wanted to talk a little bit more about bipolar and uh, schizophrenia, I think we're... Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump into, I'm um, just kind of going down the line here. Yeah. Another one, um, you know, because I, because I am, in, uh, you know, 19 years old and I'm in my generation, I see and I feel a lot of what goes on around me. And I know that it goes a lot around me in adults as well. But something that I see constantly in my generation that I also see in adult generation is ADHD right now. It's so big, uh, you know, it's out there. It's, it's in the public's eye and it's something that uh, a lot of kids are diagnosed with. So what does it really mean to have ADHD? Uh, attention deficit disorder usually will manifest itself in youth uh, as being kind of an extreme ability to focus or a disability to focus. So you'll find a young person that literally cannot pay attention. It's not that they're not paying attention. It's they cannot pay attention because their thoughts are too distracted to be able to focus on what it is that's happening. Uh, 
there is uh, a lot of fidgeting that comes uh, takes place. You can see a person moving in their seat a lot, moving around the room. Uh, it's very uncomfortable for that uh, young person to be able to to be static and to be present in the moment. Uh, and that's the, the difficult part is for doctors to be able to differentiate between somebody that has you know, bad attention and right. an actual disorder that's causing them to not be able to focus. And only a trained professional can really tell the difference between the two. But that's something to, to definitely look at with a, with a young person is are they being lacking, losing focus because something outside of their control. Right, right, and not just you know, not being focused, and it's not being able to pay attention, yeah, yeah, but I, something Some bigger. people don't focus because they just don't like their history teacher. Right, you know, they, <laughs> right. You know, so that, there's a difference between not liking your history teacher and uh, not being, being so distracted as not being aware that your history teacher is talking to you. Right, wow, absolutely. So next we have bipolar, which uh, you know is something that I, I feel like a lot of people deal with that as well. I mean, I hear you know all of these things as we're going down the list of people who are dealing with them all around us, but it's very difficult to, uh, you know, for people people to describe exactly you know what it is and how they're feeling so you know yeah. if they're feeling these things what does bipolar really look like what yeah. can they look out for yeah people seem to, to think they use the term hey you're bipolar really stigmatizing language right. when we talk about you know people living with bipolar and what a certain person living with bipolar disorder will find is that they will experience two extremes in their life they will experience uh, the very deep depression which is the one pole and then a very uh uh, animated manic state, uh, racing thoughts, where uh, it's akin to uh, watching a television set and having somebody uh, changing channels every you know half a second and trying to focus on what's happening on the TV, knowing that the channel is changing all the time, and then being asked perhaps to recall what was on channel 37 when now you're on channel 57. Uh, things move very fast, it's tough to focus, uh, and it's very difficult again to stay present in the moment because you're always off you know trying to do the next thing uh, and when those two move back and forth it can be very very distracting and very difficult uh, to cope with things that are happening in daily life uh, so it, if you're feeling the symptoms of depression uh, you want to check with a uh, mental health professional because a lot of doctors uh, primary care physicians will try to treat the depression uh, with various medications, and that may not be the right treatment because if somebody's uh, actually living with bipolar, they may have the depression symptoms, but they may also be experiencing the manic highs. And uh, the way that you treat bipolar depression is going to be different than the way you treat uh, severe depression. Mm. Is there any in between, or is it, you know, at some point you're really, really low, and then at some point you're, you know, up at that manic stage, like you said? Is there any in between where you kind of just feel sometimes really happy and sometimes really sad? And, and is there any in between? Yes. Uh, a person with bipolar disorder can very much feel, you know, very, very mainline most of the time. These, uh, uh, these extremes uh, may happen in. Uh, you know, many months apart. They may happen many weeks apart. Uh, they may cycle even more rapidly. But uh, a person with bipolar disorder may not be aware that they are even experiencing these symptoms because they are so separated, they may feel like isolated incidents, mm -hmm. when the reality is it may be a chemical imbalance that's contributing to the, to the whole long cycle. Wow, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, I know that you mentioned uh, schizophrenia is, a, is another huge one. What is really, what does that mean? The schizophrenia, uh, there's a number of different types of, of it, but it, it, 
the easiest way to well, there's no easy way to describe it, but it's it's a mood disorder, and it affects a person's ability to be able to think and process information. Uh, one of the manifestations of schizophrenia involves some parts of psychosis. So you hear people uh, again using derogatory language about somebody living with schizophrenia and believing that they're always uh, deluded or always delusional. Well, it is possible that there is a level of psychosis or delusion that accompanies schizophrenia. Uh, a person may feel uh, a level of paranoia. They may not be perceiving reality the way reality actually is. They may be uh, fearful of somebody stalking them. They may be fearful of uh, somebody conspiring against them. They may be fearful that people are listening into conversations. Uh, and and some of those can accompany uh, schizophrenia. Um, but many, most, many people with schizophrenia do not experiencing, experience those symptoms uh, as, as acutely as others. So uh, to, to put everybody into, you know, to say that a, schizo, a diagnosis of schizophrenia is a, a death sentence that you're always going to feel that way is a misnomer. It's not really true. But those are some of the symptoms that, uh, may, may come, may, that you may experience. Hmm. So there's different levels then. There's different, you know, there's the... Different levels of yeah. severity. Uh, Absolutely. But, but those are the types of things that you may run into. Wow. Uh, another one that I, I hear a lot of in today's society uh, because of society is eating disorders. And that's such a huge one where someone may not feel comfortable with themselves or someone may see something on TV and say, this is what society's standards are. Why do people have eating disorders and really what is it like? Well, some of those disorders, uh, like the eating disorder and the obsessive compulsive disorders, uh, really affect the ability for the brain to... Uh, to, to function outside of routine in some ways. Obsessive compulsive disorder uh, for, sometimes will force a routine on, on one, that uh, everything has to happen in its order, and if it doesn't, uh, it causes a discomfort. And that's very severe. I, you know, it, it, you, people make too many jokes about being OCD. There's a, there's a difference between my need to you know, turn off a light switch as I walk out the door and somebody that has a uh, just a compulsive feeling that they have to go back into the house and check every single light switch in order because bad things will happen if they don't. And it's a level of severity, uh, and it can be completely debilitating. Uh, it's, not, it's nothing to joke about. This is uh, uh, this can be a very serious and debilitating condition. And the same is, is true with the eating disorders. Uh, people will mock people that are you know, not eating correctly, and I, I find that to be just, just tragic because the somebody that has their self-image and self-worth caught up in their appearance can have a lot of difficulty with things uh, with with food issues and it's serious it can be it can be life-threatening if you're not eating appropriately or if you're not eating at all uh, that can eventually kill you and it's important to seek treatment to find appropriate ways to uh, to manage your nutrition to to manage eating and to to, to deal with the issues of self-worth that come from you know the, either body appearance or for what people perceive food is doing to them very very hidden uh, and and it's it, it is very dangerous and it's not it's it's nothing to be taken lightly it's not something we should be looking at in society and saying oh you know you're you're bulimic or oh you look anorexic uh, that that really marginalizes something that's very important to, to know. Absolutely. And I think that this is the way with all of these mental illnesses is is people kind of take it as a, a joke. Like, oh, are you emo because you're depressed? And, oh, are you bulimic because you're so skinny? Or, or you know, just people are, are you OCD because you do this and this? It's just very, people don't really understand how severe this can be. And they don't really understand the concept of it. So again, we're talking about it. We're bringing attention to it. And hopefully we can get the word out about well, it. Well, it's important to... 
you, you really hit the nail on the head about how we use the conversation. When we're using words that are that are negative, uh, it can keep people from seeking help. And when yeah. we talk about uh, something called post-traumatic stress disorder, that can be extremely difficult to seek help for because the people that have had the trauma, and we see this with veterans all the time, they don't want to seek help. It it's it's embarrassing for them to seek help. Yeah. They feel like they should be able to fight their way through their issues. They're uh, and, and society will view them as weak if they seek help. And we know that that's not true, but that's the perception. Right. And especially somebody that's experienced something so traumatic, uh, you know, our veterans yeah. uh, especially get to experience a lot more trauma than I hope I never have to see in my life. Right. And we need to make sure that they know it's okay to seek help to work through what they've experienced. Uh, and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to, to, to uh, rape survivors, uh, people that are in car accidents. There's any number, any kind of a number of trauma that can cause uh, somebody to, to experience that level of, of pain and suffering that can change the way the brain functions. Uh, we talk about phobias uh, sometimes generating out of this as well. Uh, and we, we can't trivialize it. We have right. to make sure that people feel comfortable and know that these are things that they can ask for help about. Right. And getting help and getting support is the key. We do have to take a break. But when we come back, that's what I want to talk about. And that's really what I want to discuss, Scott, is how to get help and where to find the support. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Scott Glazer. Hi, this is Curtis Stone. You name a dish and I've prepared it thousands of times. But even I can't cook enough to feed all of the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. That's where the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks comes in. They gather surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families. We call them food angels and you can be one too. Earn your wings at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Lynn Reamer with Act on Drugs. Being a teen in today's society, we have more pressure today than teens have ever had in the past. I remember sitting in math when the teacher walked out of the room and the kid in front of me in class offered me a blunt. You know, marijuana is a very popular drug in schools today. In fact, Colorado is 56% higher than the national average with teen marijuana use ages 12 to 17 year olds. Lynn, what are some of the signs that parents can look for in their kids that they have been using drugs? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is just take a good look at your kid and pay attention to your senses. What do you see? Are their eyes dilated or constricted? Are they grinding their teeth? Are they sweating? Pay attention to what you smell. Do you smell alcohol, marijuana, chemicals, or do you smell vomit? And pay attention to what you hear. Are they slurring their words? Are they speaking fast, slow? Are they taking a while to answer? Are they following your conversation? If you just pay attention, you can put it all together. And parents, don't ever be afraid to have that conversation. Parents who have that conversation with their kids are less likely to do drugs. And if you're struggling with anything, don't ever be afraid to ask. Always step up and ask for help. No matter how hard it is, help is available. For resources and more information, visit my website at actondrugs.org. Let's rejoin Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined right here in studio with Scott Glazer, who is the executive director for the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses, NAMI Colorado. Welcome back, Scott. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. 
Absolutely. So NAMI Colorado is dedicated to building better lives for the 250,000 plus Coloradans and their families who are affected. And, you know, it's not just Colorado. You're in the Colorado subdivision, but it's everywhere. It's all out there, which is so special. And this is truly my passion. This is truly my passion in life. So it makes me so happy to see someone else going out there and and finding that passion and helping others find their way in life and and giving them a purpose and giving them a place to go and, and help, you know, and just giving them resources, which is so beautiful. And that's something that I want to talk about right now um, and get into. We've talked about everything from, you know, the, from what a mental illness is, what it can look like. And then we've also talked through everything, anxiety, ADHD, bipolar, depression. We've talked through it all and really the signs of that. So if you missed the first half of the show, be sure to go to my website and check it out. You can go to www.cassandraperkinsradio.com and you can check out the podcast and it'll be up there in the next few days and you can share that with your friends and family and be sure to listen Saturday at 10 a.m. right here and you can hear the rebroadcast of this program right here, which is uh, awesome and I think needs to be shared with everyone. So please share it with your family and your friends because you never know who may be suffering from uh, a mental health condition. So let's really talk about how mental illnesses can really be prevented. You know, there's a lot of talk about what they are and, you know, how, what they are about, but there's not a lot talked about a solution, you know, why they can, how they can be prevented. So let's talk about what really a mental illness can be prevented with. Well, when I talk about prevention with mental illness, it's more of a uh, an attempt at the early onset of an illness to do the things that will help somebody uh, continue to uh, hold on to and regain their lives. Uh, with a post-traumatic stress disorder, the only way to avoid that is to avoid the trauma, and that's not always possible. Uh, with biological-based illnesses, uh, with a bipolar depression, uh, and uh, schizophrenia, some of those things are just going to happen. But we all know, know we do have some research uh, that's showing that if we do early intervention uh, with schizophrenia, that we can help people uh, in the early stages to lead better lives. And so diagnosis is one of the ways to help prevent things from getting worse. People, when they uh, experience symptoms of an illness, will sometimes wait 8 to 10 years before they will actually seek help. And being able to seek help earlier is going to help with the quality of life and help you to treat things before they get worse. Wow. So just really early recognizing that and identifying that is what's so right. important. And then knowing where to go for help. In Colorado, sometimes it's difficult to get help. There's always there's, there's a workforce shortage uh, for psychiatrists, psychologists. So anybody that's listening that's looking for a good career to go into, you know, go into one of the trained, you know, specialty professions, become a psychologist, psychiatrist. There is such a shortage in Colorado uh, and nationwide as well. But it's difficult for people sometimes to be able to see the providers. So that's why it's important to start the process sooner before it gets worse so that you can develop the relationship with a good provider. But if something's happening immediately, an immediate crisis, uh, there are places that you can go uh, to get some immediate help. Uh, Colorado Crisis Services provides a 24-hour hot and warm line uh, that you can call to get some immediate help. Uh, I can't help with all of those things at NAMI Colorado because I'm not a trained psychiatrist, not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. Yeah. It's it's or on not radio. it's or on radio. <laughs> it's it's a little out of my league. So when I get calls of people in crisis, I will send them over to uh, Colorado Crisis Services and Rocky Mountain Crisis Partners so that they can use their expertise to help somebody uh, on the phone with whatever their issue may be. And they also have the resources to be able to connect people with one of the uh, uh, acute treatment centers, uh, some of the drop-in centers in Colorado where you can go and get immediate help for whatever the immediate crisis is. Uh, And uh, those are all up on the Colorado Crisis Services uh, website. You can see a map and locations of where all of those are. Uh, And that's been important. That's been a piece of legislation uh, that came out a couple of years ago that helped create that system. And there's still a lot of work to do. uh, And 
it's really important, though, that people know that help is available and they can reach out and they can find it. Absolutely. And for those uh, people who are struggling, because I feel like uh, one of the hardest things to do when you're going through this and, you know, like you said, eight to nine years of people dealing with this when they come out and say, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this, help me. I think it's very difficult for people to take that step and take that initiative to take that next step and get help. I think that's a very, very difficult step to take. An amazing one once you take it, but it's very difficult to take it. So why would you encourage people to take that first step into getting help? Well, the first Stop, step to getting better is getting help. Right. Uh, you can't get better unless you uh, try to do the things that will help you. Uh, just like with any disease, you know, you know, mental illness is a disease, a disease in the brain. If you have a disease in your heart, you need to seek treatment before it causes irreparable harm. If you have a disease in the liver, you need to do something that keeps it from doing irreparable harm. If you have a broken leg, you need to set the leg so that it can heal. The brain is an organ like any other part of the body, and it needs treatment and help just like any other organ. So it's important to go seek that help and uh, to get guidance from trained professionals who can help you deal with the uh, nuances of the brain. Yeah, and I think that's really important to realize that there are people who want to help you and talk to you and, and be there for you. And it's not they're just, you know, they're going to diagnose you and, and drop you off the face of the earth. That there's people that actually want to help you and there's people that actually care about you and, and love you and want to help you with what you're going through, which is, you know, such a distinction because you don't want people to think you're crazy and what you're going through is crazy and, uh, you know, that nobody will believe you. But really, what you're going through is completely, you know, normal because other people are going through it and that there are people who have been through it before and you're not the only one. You're not alone. Well, And if you're seeing your loved one with these uh, symptoms, you want them to get the, the help that they need. If Absolutely. you saw your loved one struggling, you would do what was necessary to try to get them help. The same is true for you. If you are having those same symptoms, it's okay to get some help and include your loved ones in the process. Absolutely. Just like any other difficult situation, a support network can help your healing yeah. and can help your coping and can help, your, help you through everything that you need to do. Yeah. So a big thing, you just mentioned it, is we see a lot of uh, things in society where our friends are, are, you know, taking drugs, they're taking alcohol, uh, you know, they're throwing up in the bathrooms, we see them not eating food, we, we see this around us, it could be a loved one, it could be a friend, it could be someone in your life, what do you do, how do you help those people to get help for their life, to take that step? Sometimes you have to be the advocate for them. You have to, if, if somebody needs to get help, you may offer to do things like, I'm going to help sit down with you and we're going to call a counselor and we're going to schedule an appointment. We're going to do this together. Uh, sometimes it may be driving somebody to a place where they can get help. Sometimes it means checking in with them. Sometimes it means doing research yeah. for them. Uh, I've had people that have been successful uh, with printing out articles about uh, a certain illness and saying, you know, read this over. Does this look familiar? And here's what it says we should do to get help. Let's get help. For a youth, Talking to a trusted adult is very important. You mentioned earlier in the show your counselor was a person that you could rely yeah, on. Yeah. Find a trusted adult if you're a youth, somebody that you can talk to that can help give you guidance. And trained professionals uh, will also be able to help you. Uh, yeah. It's okay to ask for help. When I talk about therapy, I usually uh, equate it to uh, Covey's seventh habit of highly effective people. If you're familiar with Covey's work, you know number seven is sharpen the saw. Well, a therapist is a good person that can help you sharpen your own saw so that you can be sharp and do the things that you need to do in life. And uh, asking for help helps make you sharper, makes you better uh, to do all the things that you want to do or enjoy doing. 
Absolutely. And to be able to, to ask that is what is, is needed. That's what's needed. And I think it's so important for, you know, people around you to realize and, and, you know, you know, if you are not experiencing these things yourself, look around you and look at familiar and look at your friends and your family, because you may need to help them. You may need to be that person in their life. Because I know it was difficult for me to even get out of bed in the morning when I couldn't even stand on my own two feet, but to have that crutch, you know, have my mom on one side and my dad on the other side to just help me and, and guide me and help be there for me and get me the help I needed was such a big help for me that I didn't even realize how amazing it was until after I went through it. Well, one good thing that you should remember from that is that they, when they got you help initially, they didn't drop you off and leave you. Right. It's important for people that are uh, your loved ones to be able to stay there for the long term. It's part of what we try to teach in our family to family class. Uh, we have a, an evidence-based course uh, called family to family that we teach. Uh, it's a 12 week course for family members and it helps, uh, uh, you know, parents or brothers or sisters to learn what their loved one might be experiencing, uh, to learn communication techniques, to learn self-care for the for the, the caregiver on how to take care of yourself if you're helping a loved one, and uh, to learn about some of the medication management, the things that go into uh, having an illness. Uh, having a mental illness is not for the weak. It's it's, right. it's a difficult process, and so that's one of the classes uh, and support groups that we offer at NAMI uh, at no at no cost uh, to people participating. So if you find yourself in that family caregiver situation and you want to find a family to family class, just go to the namicolorado.org website and find one in your community. Wow. And to be able to have that resource right there for you, right there in your hands and, and you know, at no cost, what a what a resource for us all to have and all for all of us to utilize and, and put the word out there, which is so beautiful. We do have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about the events coming up for you. You have some amazing events coming up for you. You know, some are even free at cost and they're all beautiful and, and amazing that you're helping these people out and really bringing awareness to this. So stay tuned. We'll be right back to talk about the events coming up in your area. My name is Ruth Rusi. I volunteer with United Way, reading to children to help prepare them for a better academic future. I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins. This is Deputy John Arnold of the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Did you know that over 1,006,000 car accidents are caused from texting and driving each year? Also, you have a 23% greater chance of being involved in a motor vehicle accident while texting and driving. If you get a text, it can wait. Pull over to a safe location. Nothing is that important. Don't, Don't drive, drive while intoxicated. Well, I know who my hero is. It's not a princess. It's not a cowboy. My hero is going to make us all better. My hero is going to cure juvenile diabetes. Kids with juvenile diabetes need you to be their hero now more than ever. We are so close to finding a cure for this disease, which threatens their sight, their hearts, their dreams. And when we find it, these kids can be kids. Unfortunately, superpowers won't find the cure. Your help will. Please, help the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation find the cure now. Call 1-800-533-CURE or go to JDRF.org. Your help makes you... My hero. 1-800-533-CURE or visit JDRF.org. Back to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. 
Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm joined right here in studio with Scott Glazer. He's been talking to us all about NAMI. He is the executive director for the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses right here in Colorado. Scott, welcome back. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here and having this amazing conversation with me and, and with my listeners as well. And being able to open that conversation and, and open the ideas of this in your head can really spark a conversation within your own family, within your own home, and within your own group of friends. You know, we never know where this is going to take us, take, uh, you know, this group of, of people who are dealing with this. So I think opening up this conversation is really important. So thank you. Uh, I think one of the main things I, I really uh, is, which is so important, is having that support and having those people around you. And some people don't necessarily have that. So where are, what are some support groups that you have that can offer um, this and have this available to people who are dealing with mental illnesses? Well, NAMI has a lot of programs. Uh, I mentioned earlier the family to family class. It's a 12 week class for family class for family members. And most of the uh, programs that we have uh, are done nationally as well. So if you're listening in New Jersey, a family to family class in New Jersey will be very similar to what's in Colorado. The same will be true of the class for people living with mental illness, a class called peer to peer, which is taught by two people living with a mental illness to other people that are experiencing illnesses. We also have support groups for both groups, connections recovery support group for people living with mental illness and family support group for family members. Uh, we also do presentation, excuse me, I forgot NAMI basics. We also have, we were talking about youth earlier, uh, for parents who have youth that are living with an illness, a class called NAMI basics. Hmm. It's a six week class that helps them learn about how to manage their youth's transition into school uh, through IEPs and things of that nature uh, that they're young person, you know, they'll need to know about their young person. Uh, we try to do presentation programs to help raise awareness as well. We do something called In Our Own Voice, which is a presentation done by two people living with illness as they tell their stories of hope and recovery. And we'll do that to any audience that'll have us. So if your listeners would like to have a presentation in their community, at their business, uh, through their uh, human resources department, through their church, um, you know, please reach out to NAMI Colorado and we'll see if we can get a presentation for you. And if you're listening and are involved with a high school or middle school, we have a presentation called Ending the Silence, which is done by uh, two presenters again uh, to talk about the, some of the stuff we talked about earlier about the, the, the warning signs of mental illness, things to be aware of, and how a young person can seek help uh, through, their, through their counselors and other connections. Wow. And where can we find these groups? Where can we find more information? In at? Colorado, you can look at NAMIColorado.org. We have 14, uh, soon to be 15, uh, affiliates throughout the state, and they're the ones cool. who conduct the classes and support groups. So you can find one in your area. If you're listening outside of uh, Colorado, just check out NAMI.org, and you'll be able to go see uh, what's happening in your state, wherever you live. Absolutely. Thank you. And it's important to have that support, uh, you know, and I think not only for the people going through the mental illnesses, but also, you know, for the parents, for, for the friends, for people around them to be able to have the tools in their life, you know, like my mother being able to have the tools in her life to support me through that time, whatever the case is, to be able to have that support and that knowledge to help cope with and, and help somebody who's going through this situation as well. You guys have some amazing events coming up and are doing some amazing things. You have a walk coming up. Tell yep. us about that. Yep. All, all the programs that we have are free of charge to the people participating. And the way we do that is because we raise money from the community through foundations and others and through very awesome events like our NAMI Walk. <laughs> so on Saturday, May 21st, that's Saturday the 21st of May at Centennial Center Park, we're holding the NAMI Walk. It's a, um, a walk that starts at 10 o'clock and it's not one of those timed walks where everybody you know talks about that 5k walk run. No, this is what I call a meander. It's you do a couple laps around the park <laughs> and you get your, your three miles 
emails done so that and people of all abilities can participate. Uh, and we do have people on the walk that are uh, using wheelchairs or that are uh, just not very mobile, and they get to participate also. Because yeah. the idea is is to come out and, and to raise your voice together with, with everybody else and uh, make people aware of mental illness. It doesn't cost anything to participate in our walk, but we do encourage people to fundraise. So if you'd like to become a team captain, help raise some money so that we can uh, support all these programs, uh, you can check out our walk website, which is www.namiwalks.org backslash Colorado. You can find it off of our website as well. So be a team captain, rally everybody, uh, and come out and have some fun. If you raise $100, we'll even give you a cool T-shirt. Wow. You know, and I think what's also special is just to have this group of people where you can go to an event like this and who knows who you're going to meet just being together in a group like this. You may meet somebody who you connect with them automatically and are going through the exact same thing with. And that's what makes these groups so special. And it's free of charge, which is so beautiful. And, you know, just to get to donate your time and even money is is, is a, a great thing for an organiza- organization like this. Uh, you guys also have a national convention coming right here to Denver. Tell me what what's that all yep, about. The NAMI National Convention is a great opportunity for for people to get together, uh, take some seminars, uh, join support groups to raise your voice with people across the country. And this year, it's going to be held in Denver, down at the Sheridan Hotel from July 6th through 9th. So if you're in the Denver area and you want to find out more about the convention, just go to nami.org backslash convention, and you'll be able to, to see all of the things that will be coming our way. Uh, I'm very excited that it's coming to our community. Uh, we I mean, we're, we're a hub. Everybody ought to come to Colorado anyway. So now a few thousand of our closest friends will all come join us. And uh, you can join the fun too. learn a little bit more about mental illness, uh, network with other people throughout the state that are doing the same work we're doing. And uh, you know, we talk about you're not alone. Sometimes uh, you're not alone just in Colorado. But when you look around and you see the movement that's happening in the nation, you really know you're not alone because there's a lot of people that are working on these issues and giving support to people all around the country. Uh, So there are communities. uh, And we encourage you to come out and uh, find the community at the National Convention July 6th through 9th and find the community with the NAMI Walk on May 21st. So what are the the point of doing events like these? And why are you holding events like these uh, to have people come together? What is the reason behind it? For the walk, it's uh, partially Uh, for awareness raising uh, and impartially for fundraising. Uh, The funds allow us to do the things that we need to do so that people can participate in the classes and support groups uh, at at no cost to the participant. But a part of it is just being able to raise our collective voices. Uh, We are able to have conversations with sponsors about why it's important for their organizations to be invested in the mission. And that word trickles down through uh, uh, through those corporations. When we talk to individuals, if you as a team captain, and I hope you become one, Uh, form your team. It gives you a chance to have that conversation with others as they come out and walk with you. And it gives you a way to start that conversation. You said it so eloquently earlier about having that conversation. And this gives us a manner in which to do it. Wow. And to be able to open up that conversation and then have that group of people and that support. Uh, when we get involved with NAMI and we get involved in this group, you know, why do you feel that uh, you know, us as a society and us as people should be involved and should get involved and get the word out there? Well, everybody is valuable. Uh, Every individual, regardless of whether they're living with an illness or not, is valuable, has worth, and everybody needs uh, help and support. And if we don't talk about this silent illness, we're not able to get people the help they need. So we need to change the conversation. And changing the conversation uh, doesn't happen just, just one or two people. Changing the conversation happens as we all spread out. And uh, everybody changes the words that we use. It changes... uh, and, and, and makes that effort. 
Wow. So just bringing awareness in and bringing that uh, awareness to society and bringing that conversation out to everybody around us. And I think that's uh, really what this represents and really what this is about. And, and really what I talk about is coming out from behind that mask and having that conversation and opening up. Uh, would you mind throwing out the website to NAMI and where we can find all these amazing resources and where we can find even more and help and, and other resources as well? Where can we find more Our national organization's website is NAMI.org and you can find information about whatever state you're in there, plus a number of fact sheets uh, about the state of mental health uh, nationwide, uh, a whole wealth of resources. Uh, locally, we are namicolorado.org, and if you go to namicolorado.org, you'll see a list of all of our uh, classes and programs. You'll also see a link to our law line. We're one of the only states, as far as the only one as I know, if you have a legal question, we can help answer a legal question. Calling our law line uh, will help facilitate a conversation, uh, a short conversation with an attorney uh, to answer specific questions. And you'll you know, see more of that on our website, so namicolorado.org. And those those will be some really good resources for you to find some of the support that you need. Absolutely. And I think just going on those websites, there's also listed of, you know, the things that we talked about today about the different types of mental illnesses and everything on there. And it's so great to have that right at your fingertips, right on your computer. Scott Glazer, thanks so much for joining me today and spending time out of your day and, and being here and, and you know, uh, just spending your time and really putting this word out there and on my radio show. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for you. inviting me to be here. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We have Jacob Salem calling in on the phone to pray us out. Jacob, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Praise out for today, God, my friend. Yes, ma'am. God, I'm just so amazed and awestruck by all that you provide, the resources that you put in front of us and the wisdom and just the different industries that Cass is able to bring on our show and the different people that we hear that are all literally out there just helping people. And, and everything we do in any industry, any world, any, any business is we're trying to help people, empower people, and equip people. And that's ultimately what we hear every time. And I'm just amazed by you. I'm amazed by your, your presence and your grace and your provision for our lives, for all that you do, Lord. I thank you so much that you continue to guide Cass on the path that she needs to go and, and bring on the right listeners to touch the right people at the right time. Lord, it's in your son's Jesus' name that I pray, and we are so grateful for him. Amen. Amen, Jacob. Thank you so much always for praying us out. It's always so incredible to hear your voice. Thank you, Jacob. My pleasure. Absolutely. And I want to give a huge shout out to Terrence for running my board today, my producer for today. Always doing so amazing. I have Wayne Cannell here in studio with Invisible, Invisible Disabilities IDA, who I'm an ambassador for, who is so incredible and is also speaking out about uh, invisible disabilities, which is a huge thing we spoke about today is, you know, you don't, you don't always see it, but it's there. And it's truly being able to believe that and believe people for what they're going through. And, uh, you know, just be able to um, give out a shout out to Jacob Salem for always praying us out so beautifully. And then Nami Colorado and Scott for just being here today and really sharing the word of putting that out there and putting out and coming out from behind this mask that we all wear and talking about these difficulty difficult situations to talk about uh, we will see you next week always remember to love god and love people and impact the world for christ i love you guys see you next week right here Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. To reach Cassandra or to learn more about her ministry and work, visit CassandraPerkinsRadio.com or look her up on Facebook. Listen again every Tuesday from 4 to 5 plus the Saturday morning encore at 10 a.m. Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins right here on 810 KLVZ where love lives. Open your eyes. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.